0: You're listening to the Union Podcast. The Union is a movement dedicated to discovering God's design for sexuality, His hope for restoration, and the power of our destiny through Jesus. Please enjoy today's podcast.
1: What's up everybody. This is Brian and Bonnie Pugh of the Union and this is a union podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in today. This is episode thirteen and we are stoked to be back at it. We've kind of taken a little bit of a break over the summer. By the way, I hope your summer was awesome. We had a great time and uh but we are now into the rainy weather in the fraser valley if uh if you're from b c or you're around the Fraser Valley, you kind of know what that means. It's kind of dark and dreary
0: totally yeah, it's
1: the last couple of days.
0: Yep, we're going to have to pull out the rain boots, rain boots, all that stuff. So, yeah, so something that we are really excited to share with you is that coming up on Saturday, September 28th, we, the union, are going to be hosting a movie night, not just any movie night, but the movie called Unplanned. It's a film all about the transformation of a woman um, in her kind of her journey With Planned Parenthood. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a controversial film, but we know that there's a lot of insight and information in the movie that we really want to share. And so if you're in the area, we'd love to have you come. Tickets are $8 and half of the proceeds are actually going to be going to a local uh, women's like a pregnancy center called Hope for Women. It's a really awesome organization. Uh, You can check out our website for more information or follow us online. The other thing that uh, we have just recently been talking about is we are developing something that we are calling the Union Task Force, because we have, as we've gone into different churches and been in our own community here, we're having people be actually like really excited about what Mm -hmm. we're doing as a union, which is amazing. feels so feels so supported and feels so encouraged. But people actually are asking. What could I do to help or how could I be a part of that? Mm -hmm. Because not everyone can do it full time. We totally understand that. Um, And so we're actually creating some new roles, volunteer opportunities for people. If you feel called to just spread this message of truth about God's design for sexuality and relationships, kind of spreading hope about restoration and and starting to step into your own destiny, realizing maybe the pain that you've experienced in your life can count for something because you can start to bring life to others. If you're interested in that, you can, again, check out our um, social media feed and online, and we're going to be talking about that and giving you inroads of how you can be a part of the union movement. We'd love to have you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So today we are going to be talking about how you can safeguard your marriage. You might even be saying right now, well, Brian, Bonnie, I'm not even married. Why should I even be concerned about that? And it's like, actually, that's a great time to start safeguarding your marriage because um, this is not about what happens necessarily after you exchange rings. This is actually about who you are as a person and the kind of decisions you make, how you interact with other people Mm -hmm. and how you actually show honor and respect for uh, other people in your life, members of the opposite sex and even co-workers who might be um, in
0: relationships, in relationships. In, yeah.
1: yeah, totally. Um, and just really be walking to somebody, um, somebody of integrity and somebody of honor. Before we do that. Right. We do the staple uh, union podcast experience. Um, the staple mark here. I don't even know what to call this.
0: It's just a random question.
1: It's just a random question. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. We'll have to get some, like, really special effects added to it. Yeah. But um, it's a random question, so I will go first.
0: Great, because I don't have a question yet for you.
1: Yeah. Welcome to my world. Um, Bonnie Marie, if if you could only wear one pair of shoes for the rest of your life, which ones would they be and why?
0: Well, I mean, I feel like I... (laughs) Often in the summer lately, all I've been, all I wore was Birkenstocks mm-hmm. and then it hits fall and I just put on the Blundstones. Yeah. So if I had to choose between one of those two pairs, I would probably have to choose Blundstones mm-hmm. because otherwise I could go barefoot Yeah. in the summer. I could go barefoot, but I don't want to do Birkenstocks. In no, but you would
1: have to wear them all the time. Like for the rest oh, of your my, life, like
0: sweaty feet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I have to though. I'd have to do Blundstones.
1: Blundstones. Yeah. Plug for Blundstones. Oh, my
0: feet get so sweaty. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. Your turn.
0: My turn. Who inspires you?
1: Who inspires me? Yeah. <laughs> who inspires me? Um, and it can be just
0: like right now. It doesn't have to be you're like, this is my lifelong hero. It could be someone who's just right now on your mind. Inspires you're
1: like, inspires
0: me? This person. I mean, other than me. Don't say me. Don't say me.
1: Well, I was—you took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, i don't don't. Know what to say now. Um, man, who inspires me? I—I I would say there's a type of person that inspires me. There's not just one one single person. Um, I really like when, especially when it comes to the sports world or something like that. Whenever I see people who, um, you know, like. Faced really crazy odds to reach their dreams, yeah, and were like the underdog, or like they got cut from the team, and but they didn't quit Mm. and they worked hard. And you know, like I even saw a a story about a guy who was a walk on, Mm. um, for a college team, and it's just like there was no like a college football team. Um, it was actually a really sad story, he ended up dying in a car accident. This is like part of what made it so sad, but anyways, like. He didn't get any invitations from college teams, didn't get anything like that. So he had to kind of put himself out there and really fight wow. um, for a spot and ended up getting the spot. Hmm. Um, and it wasn't it was like it was two weeks after he got in a car accident. Dang. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: But stories crazy. like that were stories
1: like that. Yeah. People who just the first
0: pick, but they still yeah. fight to find a way.
1: Yeah. And just like they just Don't take. Yeah. just don't quit. Just have no quit in them. I love those stories.
0: That's really cool. And
1: I think they they helped me from not quitting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good lesson.
1: Yeah. Because it's just like you always think about like, well, somebody's gone through hard, like a harder situation than I have and they didn't quit. Absolutely. So like, what excuse do I have? Yep. You know what I mean? So. I love it. That's <laughs> probably another podcast. I'm getting kind of passionate I'm like, about it.
0: I'm like, there we go. This is segue right into the safeguarding of a marriage. Yeah. So much seriously. of our marriage, I would say there have been so many times where we hit these walls Or we hit these places and we look at each other and maybe we're in the middle of like conflict or confrontation and one or the other will say like, I, I don't know what to do or what Mm -hmm. to say, but just so you know, I'm not quitting.
1: Yeah, exactly. And
0: then, and that's kind of all we can get to. And then you just leave it for another day. But I think that there has to be that kind of tenacity within marriage relationships. Yeah. To just, to weather it.
1: Absolutely. And so
0: today we want to talk about safeguarding your marriage setting up we want to create um where the relationship has such great value that then you also you're naturally going to want to set boundaries around that great treasure in order to protect it
1: Mm -hmm. yeah I think um know I wanted to start off today like talking about a little bit of a uh an interesting conversation I had with a good friend of mine we were just talking about like um what it means to be a dad and you know being a good husband and i said like we both agreed that like there's a tendency within men um you know to kind of look at things in our life of like just from point a to point b like i'm at point a i need to get to point b and what's that once i'm at point b that's done and it's packed away um and it's squared away you can check that box and we're moving on to something else um But we, what we both realize is like marriage and I I think not just marriage, but life in general is not just like linear where it's from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. But it's actually like seasonal Mm -hmm. that you're going to have to revisit things from a different perspective as, you know, you you continue on your journey of life. um, You learn a lesson and you have to learn it again, but you're learning it from a different perspective. It's like I made the connection of like, you're going up a mountain and there's a trail that goes up and around the mountain. And yeah, you're going around again, again and again, but you're getting higher every time.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and that's kind of like how life is that like you, you learn a lesson of, of surrender mm-hmm. and you continue on the journey going around the mountain and you have to revisit this place of surrender again, but you see it from a different perspective. Now you see it from a higher perspective. And, um, but we just got talking about like, how does that carry into to our marriages and to um, to what, it, you know, what it means to be a good dad? And because, like, we both agreed that, like, man, years ago, like we paid a price for the women that we're married to now. Like, not mm-hmm. just like I'm not saying that we bought our wives. <laughs> what I'm saying is like we, I was na-
0: not a mail order bride. No.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's not my that's self. all we need is that to get out or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, Garbage. that's awesome. Um, no, but what I mean by that is like we 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 died to ourself we purpose to make war against selfish our selfish nature to to cultivate integrity to be a a trustworthy man to be a a protector and not a predator and and you know so many of those things that we talk about on the podcast you know like we purpose to be that and then but we both just kind of realize like well but what are we what are we doing now you know what I mean, and it's like in in our marriages and in our families and in just relationships. Like, I, I don't want to belittle the choices that you've made, you know, in the past, the good choices that you've made, and to get you here and to get get you to a place of health, and you know, maybe in your marriage and and different areas. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, like. This friend of mine, like, we're both kind of into, like, special forces stuff. And it's just, like, we kind of geek out on these things. But, like, the Navy SEALs have a saying saying that the, the only easy day was yesterday. Yeah. And it's, like, it just kind of brings a really good perspective, I think, that, like, yesterday doesn't doesn't matter. It's gone. Mm-hmm. But what are you doing today to get you to a place of of a marriage that's bulletproof? Of a family that's that's connected and is strong and is loving and is safe and is... Mm-hmm. Um, because really like what you did yesterday does not guarantee anything in your future.
0: Wow. Yeah. And
1: we started talking about like men that we really respect and like people that we would naturally gravitate to. And we realized that it's those people who haven't quit, um, who haven't just settled back and said, yeah, well, we're married, you know, for yeah. 45 years and you know, yeah, we were kind in love for 20 of them. You know what I mean? It's kind just of like, like a
0: joke, taking it for granted and yeah, totally.
1: Yeah. And it's like the type of people that. I think I want to be is, you know, as a 34 year old man now, when I'm 60 years old, I'm still still working mm-hmm. and to to be a better man, to be a better husband, to be a better dad. Um, I'll probably hopefully be a granddad by then, um, crazy. which just be crazy. Um, but, yeah, I just want to be be that type of man. So, like, I, I want to say that that, like, you know, you might be going, well, hey, I don't have to safeguard anything. We got a great thing going on here. And it's like, well. I would really challenge you to like it can always be better. Totally. Um, you know, and it's and it, that's not a drudgery. It's not a chore of like, well, hey, it could always be better. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I don't you know, if I have to twist your arm to do that, then there's probably some other issues. But mm-hmm. um, but I want to say, like, it's always there's always more gold to dig out. You know what I mean? So, yeah, this is my two cents to open it up. I love it. Yeah,
0: I love it. I think there is a phrase. I am not a sports girl, but I do know this sports saying <laughs> a quote where they say that the best defense is a strong offense. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's maybe what you're saying of when it comes to safeguard your marriage. Let's not just wait for bad things to happen, but let's be proactive to invest into the relationship. And later on in the podcast, we're going to share some practical things, practical ideas that um, we've learned and gleaned from other people and have implemented in our life. Um, But I also just want to say, so it's not just about creating those boundaries around uh, the relationship, but about investing in what's on the inside, because here's something really awesome about um, the psychology of relational attachment is that when you are attached to something for better or for worse, you actually have a great loyalty towards it. And so in not in the negative sense of jealousy but actually in a in that positive like we belong to one another and i actually expect loyalty mm-hmm. and i will be loyal when so when we have a strong attachment loyalty is a natural byproduct so when it comes to issues like betrayal or infidelity those things will actually it would shock you um and and keeping secrets from one another would be like i can't keep secrets because we're so connected it would feel like i'm betraying myself if i were to betray you and so by by cultivating the in the intimacy in a relationship you're naturally going to create a psychological boundary mm-hmm. where if you cross it you'll notice it
1: yeah for sure yeah so, like one of the, I think like a real baseline characteristic, um, you know, in in moving towards a marriage that's safeguarded is that there's like clear lines of communication, and then there's there's a permission, um, and a freedom to like always speak what's really going on in your heart, mm-hmm. um, what really you're facing. Um, really, even when it comes to like temptations and stuff like that, that like Mm -hmm. that there's, there's already like a value established in the relationship that you can you can communicate whatever you need to communicate without, without judgment or suspicion. What do I mean by that? I mean, like, so like I go, I go to the gym, you know, a few times a week. Um, and I don't know if people have noticed this, but like female workout clothing is not like you know, being put together by like nuns or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) totally. It's not built with like modesty in mind. Yeah. So like, I think, you know, we've had, Mm -hmm. you know, times where I'll come home and I'll be like, hey, just so you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just like this girl caught my attention or whatever. And, Mm -hmm. but like, I want, you know, this is how I responded or something like that. Totally. And, but here's, here's what Bonnie doesn't do. Mm -hmm. She doesn't go to this place of like, well, hey, did you talk to her? Mm-hmm. Like, did you like did you like try to work out near her or like all this stuff, like trying to build this case against me? Mm-hmm. Like she honored the fact that I came to her, which is actually really hard. Right. You know what I mean? Because I think as guys, we can be like, oh, man, like what does she thinks that like, uh, you know, right. Like all this stuff, mm-hmm. Um, you know, so like she there was already a value there that like, hey, I can communicate what's really going on in my life. I'm not playing games. You know what I mean? I'm not right. like. Um, you know, telling you one thing and doing another. Like I'm really purposing to to mm-hmm. say, hey, I just want to get this out of my heart because I don't want it to grow. I'm I'm not trying to cultivate that in the garden of my heart. I'm not trying to grow that, um, those dynamics in there. So like I'm I'm getting it out just because I don't want it. I don't want it to to grow up, you know, months into from anything. now or into yeah. something else. You know what I mean? So totally.
0: Well, I even think of how even within the Bible it says like when something happens, so the concept of confession where it's like, you're not alone yeah. in the temptation. So temptation itself is not wrong. No. And I think a lot of women need to come to a place of greater security within their own physical being and within, um, yeah, just within in their own self image and self esteem that when their husband is faces temptation, that they don't take it personally, mm-hmm. um, which can be, a, that's a challenge in and of itself. But I think, um, so to recognize temptations happen to all of us. And so com- confessing isn't just confessing a sin because it's not a sin to be tempted. But by confessing the temptation, it actually, like you're saying, it prevents yeah. that temptation from growing into something else. Totally. Because right at the very beginning, right at the point of temptation, then the enemy of our soul wants to then isolate us from others so that we could never talk openly about what's really going on. Yeah. So that's something that I would... um you know, in Brian, I love that you're saying that like open communication that you can say, this is really what's happening. Um, so then from the female perspective to be able to say, um, I'm not going to take that personally. Mm -hmm. So how do we do that? Okay. So women, we need to grow in, in our sense of confidence. Uh, and I think a real practical way to do that is to just simply like cut off, all places of comparison right to be able to start to embrace the the physical the image that you have the the body that you have and the just your unique shape right Mm -hmm. and and to cultivate health um, mental and physical so that so that you can look at yourself in the mirror and just be like yeah i like who i am Mm -hmm. and and i wouldn't be surprised if my husband did too because i'm pretty awesome so to kind of have that it's not arrogance, but a sense of confidence. So then when your husband or, you know, comes to you and has to and has to be honest about what he's going through, then you can be there for him instead of like getting super stuck in yourself.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point. I, I, I do want to make like a kind of like a sub note here, um, yeah. because I think what we just what we just talked about there. Is kind of like the ideal in a in a healthy relationship mm-hmm. that like you can have these kind of conversations. Now, I want to be really like sensitive to the fact that like there might be people listening, and well, you're just you're you just found out that your husband just cheated on you, right? And um, or you know, so there's porn involvement, or there's something going on that mm-hmm. like brings a sense of betrayal, brings a sense of mm-hmm. shame, and. Um, and just like you, you haven't maybe even done anything wrong It you feel, you feel guilty mm-hmm. for the choices that your spouse has made. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to encourage you all the more that like to invite somebody else who's maybe like a trained mm-hmm. um, counselor or maybe a pastor or a leader, somebody who you, who you can trust and who, you know, loves you and loves your spouse. Right. Um, but is willing to kind of help kind of get in the middle and like. Let's just start to sort this out Mm -hmm. and start to get, um, you know, communication heading the right way, Um, you know, and it might even be that it's not even recent stuff it just might be old stuff totally. that's just been like okay well we're just gonna move on let's just mm. let's like we don't have to deal with it like we're just gonna move on it's not gonna happen again
0: yeah right
1: but that that stuff it's just like burying garbage you know what I mean it's eventually gonna it st- start st- it stinks I don't know if that's the greatest <laughs> illustration but if the garbage stinks man it doesn't matter how much you try to tuck away in your closets or whatever yeah, you know right yeah. like you try to hide it it's gonna start smelling and it's gonna get into other other areas of your life and so
0: right. so when scenarios like that if the husband comes home and says hey when i was at the gym just so you know this was happening then the woman isn't just thinking about that incident she's thinking about the pain that once was so that's why you're saying like get to the bottom of that pile of pain Mm -hmm. and start to sort it through so that you can you know be able to respond in that non-judgmental non-critical way absolutely about yeah yeah, something that came to mind as we were preparing for this podcast is something that actually happened to me when we'd been married for only a couple of years. So uh-huh. we had uh, we had twins within uh, they were born like a week before our first anniversary. And then we had another son only 18 months after that. And so I think it was. No, yeah, 18 months. Anyway, if this was a, within the first two to three years of our marriage, shortly after I had had our third child and I remember going to the mall, had to go into the store, and I, th- I think it was just me at this occasion. Anyway, I go in and this guy is helping me at the counter, and I remember him paying like extra attention to me. or like and there was like something in his tone that I picked up on, and I thought, like, "This guy's flirting with me." And something in me liked it. Mm. because I think I'd been dealing truthfully with kind of some of the insecurity of like my body's changing and my life is busy and am I still pretty and all that kind of stuff anyway so but I walked out of that out of that store and I just knew like I need to tell my husband about this nothing happened mm-hmm. but something had happened in my heart right and it was like something that this I don't know it had, it had pulled on my heart so anyway I know I remember coming home and just I don't know if it was right away, but just saying to you, hey, this is what happened. Mm -hmm. This is how it made me feel. And then I turned I I recognized that the reason I felt that was because there was a legitimate need within me for my husband's affirmation, for my husband's attention. Kind of like I'm feeling vulnerable and at risk to be like someone's flirting with me and it felt good. I need you a little bit more. Right. And I remember you responded so well. And again, it was maybe similar to how you feel coming home and being like, ah, this, you know, I felt like I noticed this female and she was attractive. And it's like, we go to each other with our vulnerability, but recognize that there's a need there and going to each other with the need um, and not being ashamed of our need for one another, I think is really valuable.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah. It's so funny because I think like, because we kind of laughed a little bit though like i don't i don't think i i would know if a girl was like hitting on me
0: yeah because totally. it's
1: like it's, it's just so funny i was actually even talking to another friend of mine we were just laughing because he's got you know you've got five five kids now too and i just go like i just assume that everybody goes like when i walk into a place married five kids everybody you know what knows I mean? that, like they they just know it's yeah. just like on my face or like <laughs> Maybe there's like a neon sign above my head or saying like married five kids. And Taken. it's just like, yeah. yeah, you know, but like, and, um, so anyways, this is maybe some of my own, <laughs> uh, obliviousness. Is that even a word? Oblivion?
0: I don't Oblivion know. What are we obliv- talking
1: about? I totally forgot.
0: Anyways, but tell them. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, do you want to tell the story?
0: Yeah. Well, it's kind of funny. Okay.
1: So I was at the grocery store and, um, and there's a, a, a younger girl behind, um, yeah, you know, a young lady behind the counter who is, you know, checking the groceries through. And and she asked me this question out of the blue is just like, hey, like, how tall are you? And I'm like, I'm not the tallest guy around. And so like my my staple answer is five foot six on a good day. Mm-hmm. This is how I answer it. Because like, I get it. It's a, like, a what lot. are you making fun? of? Yeah, it's like, anyway, she goes, Oh, okay. And I'm like, why? Why do you ask? She's like, well, I'm just looking for somebody who's shorter than me. I'm like, oh okay why how tall like i just like immediately bypassed that. i was like why how tall are you she's like oh i'm five three i'm like oh okay well good <laughs> like, luck with that yeah like thanks and then like i told i came home and, and i told bonnie because like i just thought it was so funny and she's like do you think she was like like hitting on you like no well Well,
0: because she said like i'm looking for someone shorter than me which i'm like that's maybe an unusual you know it's kind of unusual for some for a female to say that but i was like do you mean like she was looking for someone and (laughs) my face was just like what
1: yeah it was so funny yeah it was weird anyways
0: anyways if you're listening to this hope you find someone shorter than you
1: yeah seriously And he's not married with five kids. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Anyways,
0: but in that thought, we were talking about. um,
1: Yeah, and I think this is this is a hard thing too because here's another crazy story. So like we took our kids to like a trampoline park, and when we were there, my my wedding ring, which is actually the second ring that I've lost, fell off of my finger. So I've been kind of like wedding ringless since then, which has been probably like a month and a half. Where
0: is your first ring?
1: Uh, my first ring is probably in some concrete in White Rock. It's a really nice house in White Rock. In
0: the foundation, right? In the
1: foundation or or some form of yeah, some sort of the concrete form. Concrete forms. form. I was yeah, I used to work in construction back then, so Anyways, um So if
0: you live in White Rock and you find a ring, just
1: Yeah, do. exactly. Um anyway, so like I've been kind of like wedding ring less for right. a little while. We got to figure out what we're going to do. Totally. But like just even on that note the significance of the wedding ring. Like we we had a friend of ours share this really incredible take on the wedding ring because a lot of times we we look at it and it's like, yes, it's it's, it's expressing like this commitment to uh, this other person that like, yeah, we're gonna be you know committed to each other and like I'm yours, you're mine for the rest of rest of our lives together, mm-hmm. which is a hundred percent true. But I love the other side of this where it was actually saying that. When we give a ring to one another, we're actually saying to the rest of the world, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm off the market. Mm -hmm. And and it's actually saying um, to the rest of like everybody else's wives, everybody else's husbands. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I'm spoken for. You can trust me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just like it's this incredible sense of exclusivity in that like I'm going to interact with everybody else in a completely different way. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be some sleazy dude or like just some sketchy guy that's just like, um, you know, just that you couldn't trust. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be a guy that's going to be trustworthy. I'm going to honor your wife as I honor my wife yeah. and and honor you in in that all. You know what I mean? So
0: absolutely. I think that's really significant. Mm-hmm. And I hope that I, I think it's important. I think those rings, the exclusivity is that. Even before you're married, you live in such a way that you think, I'm going to live like a sister for a female. I'm going to yeah. live like a sister in this scenario until there's one man and with him, I will live like a wife. Yeah. So, so for you right now, if you're single and you're thinking, how does this apply? I would just say, try to, ima- try to imagine, try to extract the sexual tension out of every single relationship Mm. just be wholeheartedly you go into scenarios as a sister if you're if you're a dude then go in as a brother and just think i'm gonna build friendship here i'm gonna be a safe person here and and that will be it'll be actually like a character development that you'll have then when you get married it'll just continue with all the other relationships Mm -hmm. and then your friends will feel safe and your friends' spouses will feel safe. And it's it actually builds a really beautiful community.
1: Yeah, totally. Totally.
0: Maybe it's a good time we can even talk a little bit about some of the practical tips now of things that we've done or things that we've learned from others.
1: Yeah, and so like even just to pick up on your what you're saying, I don't even know if that's how the saying goes, but that's how we're going to use the saying that like the best defense is a good offense. I think it might be the other way around, but that's okay for this podcast. Okay, it's going to go this way. Um, Check but it like, out.
0: Fact checked. Us. Yeah, <laughs> Check seriously. Us. Comment below. Did did Bonnie or Brian get it right? <laughs> mm-hmm. um,
1: but like we do, we you know like the 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 worst idea is just to build defensive mm-hmm. mechanisms without actually like cultivating something like you're going to put all these walls around your marriage but you're actually not going to fill your marriage with anything is just like well that's kind of counterproductive
0: and just fearful
1: and just fearful and this yeah. is like that's not a joyful way to live like mm-hmm. yeah like we need to be sober minded and mm-hmm. just very serious about some things and and have some really solid boundaries that we're just not going to cross mm-hmm. um but we also want to be um also really wanted to defining what we are going to do not just what we're not going to do but we are going to do these things and um you know i think what bonnie and i have realized is as life increases as you know possibly children increase responsibilities increase um all the more consistent time together in some way shape or form if it's Mm -hmm. a date if it's walks if it's um just being together like and being together not like being together amongst a bunch of other people but like hey we are gonna go out and do something together we're gonna go see a movie we're gonna go for dinner but like but we're gonna purpose we're gonna purpose to have really heartfelt conversation yeah you know what i mean and laugh and just enjoy each other um the more consistently you can do that um you know and and make that fit around like make your budget fit around that Mm -hmm. um you know, like, I think I think the more you can do that, the better off you're going to be.
0: Totally. So having consistent, yeah, consistent time together, consistent communication together, being brave and bringing things up. Yeah. You know, and then also, I mean, we just came out of the summer, our sex life series where we talked about this a lot. But truthfully, having consistent physical intimacy yeah, absolutely. together, um, remembering what brought you all together. What Not you all. That sounds funny. What brought you together?
1: (laughs) Both together. (laughs) In the
0: first place um, was just your love for one another. And so letting everything else fade away. Totally. Investing into your relationship. And then also um, bringing in outside sources of wisdom. So whether that's books or podcasts or you know, listening to some sermons or yeah. going to a marriage conference or right. Like you, seriously, there's so many resources so that you can be learning together kind of because what you think about impacts your decisions, impacts your habits, which impacts your life. Yeah, seriously. So you need to think different before you can live different. Yeah. So think different together and uh go in the same direction.
1: Yeah. And I think like. You know the decisions we make actually affect the next generation to come too. You yeah. know what I mean? Because like, how many? Oh man, it's it's heartbreaking to think like how many destinies and how many mm. you know like, um, you know, beautiful promises for sort of somebody's life and 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 like, don't get me wrong, there can be restoration from this, but like. When there has been infidelity, when there has been, Mm -hmm. you know, affairs and stuff like that, the effect that it has on the children in that home, like Mm -hmm. growing up, not really knowing what it means to be a man, not really knowing what it means to to be a woman and always fearful, like, uh, you know, is my husband going to leave me too? Or, mm-hmm. you know, vice versa, is my wife going to cheat on me? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like, it, it has, it has such a horrible effect on the next generation. I go like, man, that's worth fighting for. Totally. You know what I mean? If it's, you know, even having to have hard having to have hard conversations is worth it. Mm-hmm. If it means that I don't have to look in the eyes of my son Mm-hmm. and and ask for forgiveness for something that's caused so much pain you yeah. know what i mean if it, if um you know if we can mm-hmm. not go that route yeah. i'm all for that so it's like i heard somebody say like the pain the pain of change mm-hmm. in this moment is so much less than the pain of having to ask for forgiveness and the pain of of looking in the eyes of your family and seeing the heartbreak you know wow. what I mean. The pain of change in the moment mm-hmm. is a lot less than that. So,
0: and I love that you said this, but I just want to echo it again: is that we a hundred percent believe in the power of God to restore, and to bring forgiveness and and clarity back into the minds and the relationships of, totally. of families, and that the younger generation doesn't get scarred mm-hmm. um, because of the decisions of of the older. So, if if that's you, you're listening, and you're like, I have cross lines and yeah or lines were crossed on me and now my kids are going to pay the price it's just like i just want to just pray and release hope over you right now Mm -hmm. that it does not have to be it's not a death sentence totally you will have to make hard choices and there will be um there just has to be reparations made yeah um but it's certainly not hopeless look at isaiah 61 and you can Mm -hmm. see um the promise of god for you
1: yeah absolutely believe in it so those are the inputs. Those are the things you can be doing. A couple of things that you can be doing. I'm yeah. sure there's a, a whole other list more and I encourage you to find out what those things are. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we want to talk about some kind of defensive mm-hmm. uh, values that the, even Bonnie and I have um, implemented in our life. We're not saying that it has to look exactly like this Mm-mm. in your marriage and there's like one way to do this and either you're doing it the way we are or you're doing it wrong but these are more just like principles that you can can take and go talk to your spouse about and figure out how you can take uh, take them and implement them into your marriage and just make them become common commonplace in your in your marriage and your interactions with other people so
0: yeah definitely um so one thing that we do practically is we as much as possible try to Um, not have individual private messages with members of the opposite sex. Uh, So fortunately, Brian and I, because of the work we do, um, we're together and connected in a lot of the things. So that would make a lot of sense. I understand a bunch of you with the work that you do, that probably would be awkward and strange. Um, So another another piece to it all, piece to the puzzle, is that we also know each other's passwords for all of our email accounts and for each other's phones. Yeah. So there's nothing that we have going on that the other person couldn't access at any point. Oh, no, seriously. Um, because we just want don't ever want there to be a sense of secrecy or a sense, unfortunately with with the um so much false accusation that can happen. Oh, for real. Um, you can you can like trash your reputation. Just by somebody giving, bringing out false accusation against yeah. you. Whereas when there's a, when there is accountability and just transparency, um, you know, then that is less likely to happen. And we want that. We don't want to have any appearance of immorality. Yeah, totally. Um. So yeah. So we do group messages a lot. Uh, we share passwords and passcodes with each other, and then we also disclose conversations. So if we've had kind of more heart to heart conversations. If I've had that, that with a guy or a man and Bri- or Brian's had that with a female, then mm-hmm. then later on in the day or that week, we'll say, oh, just so you know, just a heads up. I had a, just had a conversation with so-and-so and, um, you know, just yeah, just wanted you to let you know so that there's just never any secrecy that would divide or. Yeah, totally. Or friendships that are developing that the other person doesn't know about. It's like we're just transparent as mm-hmm. much as possible. We belong to one another.
1: Absolutely. And again, because like some of our, you know, just some of our life is like, we're, we're dealing and interacting with, with people yeah. and, you know, like being pastors, mm-hmm. we're available after church service to pray for people, to counsel mm-hmm. with people, to talk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we ever had a situation where it's like, you know, I just, I think for myself, if I ever had a woman
0: mm-hmm. come up
1: to me and say, Hey, Brian, could you pray for me? Um, You know, it'd be very rarely, like I've. Mm-hmm. I've had the, the odd time where it's like a woman who's like my grandma yeah. comes up to me and it's just like, well, of course, I'll pray for you. You know what I mean? And it's like I'm never I'm always putting myself to pray for somebody in a in a position that's like everybody's around can see what's going on. Totally. But even that being said, like, I would say nine times out of 10, I invite either, you know, if Bonnie's around and say, hey, Bonnie, could you babe, could you come? Could you come pray with us? Mm -hmm. Or I invite another woman who's on the prayer team. Like, hey, could you just come and pray with us together? And it's like, you know, like, is, does it, does it mean that something was going to go wrong and it was going to be a weird situation? No, I'm just, Mm -hmm. I just don't want to have those weird situations. Yeah. And I also want this, this woman who's, who's coming up
0: Mm -hmm.
1: to feel safe. Absolutely. To not feel like, okay, like, I know this guy's a pastor, but like, I, I would just hate for her to feel dishonored or disrespected by, by something. So I'm always putting myself in a place of accountability and vulnerability and just be like, Hey,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: I don't have anything to hide. I don't, I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm yeah not going to create a, uh, practice that would, you know, mm-hmm. be secretive or anything like that. So,
0: so that's our life right within, mm-hmm. within church world. That's really important to us. I love what you said there. It's a, it's a matter of respecting the other person and totally. saying, um, my intentions towards you are, I'm transparent in my intentions. And so yeah. you're safe here. Um, so, you know, you might be in the business world or, you know, a totally, just a totally different vocation. You're going to need to f- figure out what needs to happen for your life and what yeah. you can do. You know, if you have to have lunch meetings with someone, member of the opposite sex, it's like, are you making sure to, you know, maybe you, you make sure you drive separate and and arrive and are situated in a, in a place where yeah. everyone can see you know and yeah you know you just guard and you make sure your spouse knows what's happening and totally. that kind of stuff that's tricky stuff man but yeah. but it is worth thinking about like brian said Seriously. for the sake of your relationship your heart your spouse's heart and the lives mm-hmm. of your children so yeah
1: because here's the crazy thing is we've seen marriages damaged and destroyed mm-hmm. not just damaged but destroyed mm-hmm. When there has not been any sort of sexual um, infidelity. Yeah. There's just been it's been an emotional affair. Mm -hmm. It's where, you know, a husband starts to open up with another woman about a situation with his wife that's maybe not going well. Mm -hmm. And there starts to build a heart connection. Right. And and before you know it. You know, like there's there's just connections to one another that is that is built that just should should never have been there. Yeah. And it's actually what brought down a marriage. And there was never sort of any.
0: They never had sex,
1: never had sex. Yeah. And and so it's just like it's just not worth it. You know what I mean? I'd mm-hmm. rather have some hard conversations and maybe draw some hard lines that maybe people wouldn't understand, mm-hmm. but would maybe see my heart in and mm-hmm. would maybe, you know, feel the safety and the benefit of those hard lines yeah. Um, and probably feel um, all the more. You know, protected and appreciated. So yeah, which kind of comes into another dynamic is like we're always trying to choose. Um, you know, trying to dress modestly Mm. and kind of present ourselves in a way that is not, um, that's not you know that's that is showing respect for that we that we respect ourselves and that we honor, Mm -hmm. um, on ourselves in that sense that we value ourselves and we're not reaching for attention.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but that we're also honoring uh the other people around us too so
0: absolutely so yeah so physical modesty and then there's behavioral modesty and conversational modesty right of you know whether you're if you're i mean something i truthfully and this isn't something i brought up before but something that makes is very difficult for me as a woman is when there's men around who are just trying to be my friend or trying to yeah but they but they joke in a sexual way it's like right away my guard goes up and i think I don't, I don't know what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. So even just getting rid of coarse joking yeah. or, or even um, inappropriate, you know, slang or, or, or even as a female, truthfully, if I'm around a guy and I see him checking out someone else, I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. I'm not sure what's going to, you know, I, I don't know if I can be safe here. So even guarding over those type of things can really help. I guess we're, I'm branching in a little bit over into how we can have healthy male-female friendships without there being um, any sexual tension at all. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, totally. So just as we close up, here's a final thought for you. Um, you know, when it comes to some of these areas in our life, it's not it's not necessarily about right and wrong. Like, is it is it right for me to have lunch with this person? It's like, well, that... You know, that's more of like a is this wise or is this unwise? Is Mm -hmm. this going to cultivate? Is this sowing um, emotional seed? Is this showing is this sowing kind of like relational seed that I'm not trying to grow? You know what I mean? I'm Mm -hmm. not trying to build that. So it's like you just just have to ask yourself some different questions. Is this wise or is this unwise um, to be making this this type of decision and behaving and carrying myself in this type of way?
0: Right. So. And we don't, and we need to make sure that we don't think so highly of ourselves that we think we would never make the mistakes that other people did. Oh, totally. We are, we are all human and we all have weaknesses and vulnerabilities. And so even scripture makes it really clear. If you think you're standing tall, like watch out lest you fall. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, pride is what goes before a fall. So you just, you're not afraid, but you're wise. Yeah, totally. You make decisions out of that
1: yeah well i hope you got something out of this it's always our joy to be able to share in these uh in the moments that we have together so if you have any thoughts or comments questions anything like that feel free to reach out uh send us an email at podcast at the union or you can follow us on social media at the union movement um on instagram and shoot us a dm we'd love to you know post some questions and do our best to answer them or anything like that but i hope you've enjoyed this and take care and we'll see you next time.
0: Alright, see you later. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope your life was impacted greatly. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at podcast at theunionmovement.com. For more information, visit our website, theunionmovement.com, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram with the handle at the Union Movement.